doing a little bit of research on the casting of lots reveals quite a bit of interesting information. This casting of lots is a time-honored method for determining the will of God. In ancient Germany, priests took a tree branch from a fruit tree and broke it into small pieces. The pieces were marked with symbols and then scattered randomly on a white cloth. The priest prays to heaven and then picks up three pieces, one at a time, and interprets the answer. In Russia, even up until the 18th century, casting lots was done with beans. The bean thrower prayed and cast the beans randomly and then discerned the will of God by the pattern of the beans. Even before recorded history, we have evidence of bone dice with numbers and letters engraved on the dice. All of these things share something in common with our faith. They all look to something beyond us. They all look and express that human desire that there is something in the universe that we can know and it can help make sense of our lives. As Christians, we believe that to be God. And more than that, we believe that God not only helps us make sense of our lives, but loves us and is passionately concerned about us. That God has a purpose for our world and that that is wholeness and healing. Far more than making sense out of our lives, God leads us into life. Now, we have, so they say, about 35,000 decisions that we make every day. 35,000. And some of them are like whether to eat Cheerios or Special K, or how much money to spend on vacation. Many of them are easy and take almost no thought. But from time to time, there are agonizing decisions, whether to stay married, whether to move into assisted living. There's a Times article recently that talked about decision fatigue and that our brains really do get tired from making decisions. We don't really want sometimes to have to decide. And so we wish that there were an outside force who would just tell us, do this. It is interesting to me that the word decide comes from the same Latin root as homicide. Because when we decide, we cut off other choices.
as 21st century Christians, we tend to be embarrassed by the story from Acts. It sounds a little bit like Professor Trelawney's divination class from Harry Potter. How many know that? Okay. And we might be like Hermione Granger, who just tosses the crystal ball down the stairs. It seems to support the idea that Christians are opposed to science and reason and have traded in reason for superstition. If we look at this story more carefully, we'll find a process that is far more than a simple roll of the dice. The disciples have been praying. And in fact, the scripture says they have been devoting themselves to prayer, which when you do not know what to do is a good thing to do. Peter, in his praying, identifies a problem. It's a problem of leadership, and he calls a congregational meeting. He must have been Presbyterian. And he puts before the congregation that Jesus chose 12 disciples. And that number 12 was important because there are 12 tribes of Israel. And that was a wholeness and a completeness. And Jesus promised a kingdom of God that would restore the wholeness of the people of God. And with only 11, it will not be complete. And not only that, Judas had a particular part in the mission. He had his allotted part. And so someone has to take his place. Peter proposes criteria. And the first part of the criteria for an acceptable candidate is experience. The person should have been with Jesus from the very beginning, from when he was baptized, through the desert experience, healed the bent-over woman when he fed the crowds. This person had to have heard Jesus preach. He had to know Jesus' words. It had to be somebody who could tell about Jesus firsthand because the person had to speak with authenticity. The second qualification is integrity. The person needed to have stayed with the community through the betrayal and through the execution and the burial and the resurrection and the experience of the risen Christ. To be able to demonstrate that faithfulness was part of the qualification to be able to hold that vision and hang on to the dream of the kingdom of God. A candidate needs both experience and integrity. And third, they have to be able to witness to the resurrection. They need to be able to demonstrate with authenticity that Jesus is alive. They need to be able to help people see that when the hungry are fed, Jesus 
is alive. And that transformation is made possible because Christ is alive. And that transformation and forgiveness is life-giving. And that people can and do change. They get healthy. They find joy. They make peace. Christ is alive. After all of this, after considering what would have been 109 resumes, it comes down to Barsabbas and Matthias. And then it is left to chance. Poor God. And then it comes down on Matthias, and we never hear any more about Matthias or Barsabbas in all of Scripture. The process of decision-making is part of this. It's not exactly divination, but it is seeking to know the will of God. It is seeking to listen to God's Spirit as we make our choices. And that is the process of discernment. Not just decision-making. Not divination. Discernment can be one of those fuzzy New Age words that we just get sick of hearing. But in our own lives, it helps to know some of the processes that our faith gives us when we are faced with the decision. It begins in the context of prayer. We don't do it alone. We have a community around us, friends, a congregation. We can consult the medical community. We can gather information. We can look to the experts, do our research. We can think about our experience of Jesus. How have we experienced Jesus in this process? How have we experienced compassion? Does the decision we're leaning towards have integrity? Is it ethical? Is it honest? Does it give witness to the resurrection? Is it life-affirming? The father of the Jesuits, Ignatius, probably knew as much about discernment as anyone. And Ignatius spoke about testing the spirits, about finding and making a decision, choosing a, a choice, choosing a choice, and then sitting with that choice and just waiting for the spirit. Would there be a spirit of anxiety a spirit of confusion, a spirit of desolation and despair? Was there a spirit of joy? A spirit of joy even 
and a decision of loss? Is there a spirit of peace? Of course, we have to also recognize that inevitably any choice involves chance. We can't get it all nailed down. Why is one person chosen over another? Someone lost the list. The computer accidentally deleted all the names that began with R. The battery of the cell phone ran out just at the time the call was coming, leaving just enough room, maybe, for random happenstance. The Spirit of God. Our congregation has been in a process of discernment for five years. For five years, we have asked, who are we? What is our job description here at CCPC? What is God calling us to do? And we identified that we are people who want to be centered in the love of God. And we are blessed to have children and young people in our midst. And we want to equip them with faith to meet life's challenges. And we have a passion for justice. And once we discern this vision, we put together a strategic plan, which of course had a lot of decision-making. And we set forth our goals. And in that process, we identified a leadership need. And we gathered a group of people from a congregational meeting and elected a search committee. We worked with them to set forth criteria. They prayed for two and a half years set forth qualifications, clarified position description, considered 284 candidates seeking authenticity. Does this person know Jesus? Have they been there feeding the hungry and holding the hand of the sick? Has Jesus been there with them while they were sick? Is this a person of integrity? Does this person demonstrate the risen Christ? Is there courage and hope and faith and joy? I know at times the APNC would have been happy to throw all of the resumes up in the air and just wait for one to fall on the chair. Two weeks ago, our congregation, or two weeks, from now, our congregation will hold a meeting to meet the person our APNC has discerned. We will hear this person preach. We will listen for God's spirit. And we will confirm whether or not by the spirit we believe this is the person who God calls to the Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church to be our new associate pastor. 
And as we do this, we will affirm our conviction that the God we worship is passionately invested in our lives. That the God we worship loves this world and works for healing and wholeness and God's kingdom. That God is concerned about our choices. God not only makes sense of our lives, but leads us ever so deeply into life. Thanks be to God. Amen.